You know, you spend so much time sitting at a desk. Maybe you should think about standing at a desk. (laughs) That is so true. I am actually really excited about Uplift Desk. You get to choose so many things like the color of the desktop, the size of the desktop, and they have so many standing desks. I move around all day to get all the different things done between the podcast and real job, etc. So this Uplift Standing Desk, super excited about. And we should also point out if you've never used a standing desk, they move so you don't have to always stand. In fact, they recommend that you should spend about 45 minutes of every hour standing, 15 minutes sitting, because if you spend too much time, you'll strain your back. I also love the fact that they include free shipping. They have free a warranty, a 15-year warranty, not to mention accessories with your desk purchase. And don't worry, they don't wobble. It's completely stable. It's built to last, and you can tell with a 15-year warranty. If you want to look into yours, go to upliftdesk.com slash TCO. You're going to get 5% off your order. That's up L I F T desk.com slash TCO to get 5% off your entire order. It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Clip in, set yourself free. Come on and take a ride with me. Welcome to the Clip Out, episode 97. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Hi. Hi. So, uh, I guess we should probably update for the people that didn't see yeah, the post on Facebook. We should. Um, but if you heard us last week talk about our dog, uh, she sadly did not make it. Yeah. So, um, thank you to everyone who was kind enough to reach out. Lots of very, very nice messages from folks and, and some stuff received in the mail. So thank you guys very, very much for your thoughtfulness and your support and yes. encouragement. So we will try not to make this a really downer episode. We will. It's been a rough week. So uh, we will do our best to find humor. We will. And uh I've had that damn Sarah McLaughlin song stuck in my head all week. Because <laughs> of the sad puppy. Because <laughs> of the sad puppy. So, uh, but anyway, so, yeah, I don't even know how to wrap that up or put a button on that. It's just, that just sucks. It and does. And it's been a rough week for everybody. So, again, thank you. Yes. So, uh, I guess maybe we should just go straight to what do you have in store for people? We're going to talk about some Peloton sightings that occurred. Uh, We are going to have a couple of past guest updates. A little update about the DJs that perform on Peloton. Wicka, wicka, wicka. Yes. A couple of articles we might have time to talk about. Uh, Some Power Zone updates uh, and some new events that Peloton just posted about. Uh, And then, of course, our amazing interview with Jonathan Swersey. Awesome. Well, uh, I guess before we get to that, shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, where you can go there, rate, review, subscribe. We have a new review. Yay! So this review is uh, from the leaderboard name Never Too Late, and that's N-V-R-T-O-O. L-A-T-E. Okay. I like to spell it out for people in case yeah. somebody wants to follow them. No, I appreciate yeah, that you do so, that. Uh, and the headline is, thank goodness. Oh. Okay. When everyone, after speaking to you, has either A, bought the bike, or B, 
decided never to bring up the bike because you can't stop talking about it, <laughs> you will realize what a huge void is filled when you listen to this. Crystal and Tom have a great way of interlacing banter, interviews, and updates on software as well as events. Definitely a must listen to anyone that enjoys the bike. Wow. And that's actually kind of the origin story of the podcast. It is. Isn't it? Yes. You were like, what? Uh, wait. Just make them wait because oh, we, we will be discussing that. We will be discussing that on an upcoming e- episode. On episode 100. There you go. So that's what you call a tease. Yeah. So don't just give away the whole story, Tom. Yeah. It's not <laughs> often you tease me. You typically come through. So. Uh, if you would like to leave a review, we would love to read it. We and would. You can do that at Apple Podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the clip out. Uh, you can join the group while you're there. Stay up to date on things uh, throughout the week. Updates, sad dog stories. Those are rare, though. So don't avoid it because of sad dog stories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all sorts of things. Uh, mostly Peloton. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I guess. Uh, I guess that's all all we got there, so we will uh, dig in, shall we? Sure. It's time for news of the Peloton. So we have seen Pelotons in new places. Yes. Well, I mean, in different places than you typically would. Okay. So, so yeah. So one, one of the places, uh, Jeff Shellman sent this to me. Uh, it was an Instagram post that uh, Justin Rose posted. And apparently Justin Rose is a top PGA tour player If you say so I say apparently Because I would not Have known that Had Jeff not told me that And when you look At the Instagram post Which I posted On facebook.com Slash the clip out You can see That there is There are a pair Of Peloton bikes In the background And the reason That that's so cool Is this isn't just this person working out anywhere right. It's on the PGA fitness Trailer that they are taking On the tour look at that So that's pretty cool think about All the athletes that are are taking A ride on the Pelotons right so That's pretty cool very very Neat that that Peloton is included In such a high caliber sport and the Fact that Peloton hasn't told us about it Makes me think that it's not like some sort Of sponsorship or synergy That they were just like these Are the bikes people want this is the good stuff. Go get it. I don't think Peloton does a lot of things like that. So I, I, I think that I think that that's true. Yeah, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I agree. But I, it, if tying into the PGA seems like a thing that they would do. Absolutely. But, um, but the fact that they're there and they didn't speaks volumes about the quality and popularity of the product. Definitely. And then Jeff Shulman was on a roll. He was. Yeah. He was just on a Peloton sighting spree. He, and speaking of sprees, he was at Peloton. I mean, he was at Mall of America, so he was probably shopping too. So he's probably had a different kind of spree. Yeah, but, we need to, yeah, we only, we want, only want shopping sprees at malls. How about that? <laughs> no other kind of spree. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only one I was thinking yes. of. He was on a sighting spree and a spending spree. Good. So, uh, why? While he was there, he he found the new Peloton store, and so he sent a picture of it. Also, you can find that at Facebook.com slash the clip out. Awesome. Um, but he told us kind of where it is. So if, if you have been wondering where it is, I thought it was interesting that the, their neighbors. So we've got Apple, which is directly across from the Microsoft store, and then Casper, that mattress, the very expensive mattress place, uh-huh. is going in on the other side of the new Peloton place. And then behind where the photo was taken, there's also a Lulu, 
a Lululemon, right. a Athleta, and a Fabletics. But you're on a first name basis. Yeah, me and Lulu. Lulu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I always wonder about the Mall of America. Do you think the people that that live in Minneapolis go to the Mall of America? Yeah, I do. Or do you think that's the last place they want to go? No, they totally go there. I'm not saying it's like all the time, like on your week, your weekly, like, right. oh, I need to grab something. But but they definitely go there. I know because when, whenever I worked at a different company I worked for, one of their like main locations was in Minneapolis and they were in there all the time. So they they could tell you the really good ways to get to stores. They'd be like, park here, go in here. You know, it was like total <laughs> shortcut. It was like a hack. It was amazing. It's like they were doing an, an extraction of a POW. <laughs> yes. Exactly what to do. With yes. Military precision. They did. And then John Wingler. Am I saying that right? I believe so. I, I don't know for okay. sure. Well, don't get mad, Sean. Don't yell at us. Yeah. It's been a rough week. Knowing our luck with names, he's going to be like, it's seen. <laughs> oh, you're the one guy that says it that one. <laughs> so uh, he said there's an interesting thing about he ran into with the Peloton stores being cashless. Yes. And that there is starting to be pushback, not about Peloton specifically, no. but about cashless stores in general. Yeah, I, I just thought it was an interesting. First of all, I mean, I... Hardly ever use cash sure. I just I don't like to carry it So it's not I hardly ever use it Right Ever and, since your dancing days Ended <laughs> Like There's just no point Right Yeah So I didn't even really realize That Peloton was officially cashless Like I mean it makes sense I've, I've bought things from them And they use their little tablets But But I mean so does Apple And so I I didn't really put two and two together That it's right. completely cashless And uh, apparently it is And And so Sean was just saying that he was really surprised because that was the first store he had ever been in that was 100% cashless. They would not take his cash whenever he went in to buy his bike. And yeah. he was thrown by that. So um, he also thought it was really interesting to kind of, you know, take some time and think about how is Peloton going to handle these proposed changes? Because as you and I were talking about when I told you about this link, there are a couple of states that are proposing these new changes. Right. And so they're not going to be allowed to have cashless if, if this goes through. They would not be allowed to have cashless stores. So how will Peloton handle that? What will be the workaround? And I don't know the answers to any of this. It's just it's just speculation. I think it already happened in Philadelphia. Did I it? Think. Did it? Yeah, okay, like, well, because it says... Oh, it does say this yeah. is the first city to ban. <laughs> well, but then it also says that it will be interesting to see how they handle these proposed changes. Yeah. And I couldn't get into the article to read it. That's why I asked yeah, you if you had it because it's Wall Street Journal. Yeah, it's behind a paywall. But the the uh, the bigger problem isn't going to be forcing people to accept cash. I think the bigger problem is going to be them being able to make change. <laughs> like, That's a good point. You know what I mean? Because it's like if you have to keep a lot of cash on hand in order to make change and so i'm sure that's one of the reasons you can only pay an even amount yeah and it probably you know i'm sure you know there's a lot of advantages to cashless it prevents employee theft that makes it safer for the employees because there's no point in coming in with a, putting a gun to somebody's head because there's no cash in the place you absolutely know? but uh but yeah, it's also a weird thing because I know a lot of people they don't have banks and it's it seems crazy. It does. And I also think that 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 would probably be a fairly low number of Peloton users, but as Peloton gets bigger, they would run into that more and more frequently one would assume. I, I would assume. I would assume. Well, I would really like to know how Peloton did respond in the city of Philadelphia then, because yeah. if this is passed, it's done. It's already done. I'd, I'd be really curious to talk to the store manager and find out what did you do? How did you do it? You know, et right. cetera. So 
interesting. Absolutely. It's kind of like Peloton side note. You yes. Know, it's, it's Peloton adjacent. <laughs> and uh, we have some past guest updates. We do. We do. Uh, so in no particular order, because there's there's multiple of them that sure. I saw this week. Uh, John Mills, uh, I had told you a while back how we started that new YouTube channel, uh-huh. Run, Lift, Live. And right. uh, so it had all the parodies on there from all the instructors. Well, he's taken it a step further because John Mills is always improving right. whatever he does. And uh, now he has pillow parody gifts. That are available Oh look at that So you can search for them On Tenor and Giphy And if you do like Hashtag Pillow Parody Or hashtag Run Lift Live uh, All the gifts Will come up And they are amazing Like they're just great So uh, I highly recommend You check those out And they make pretty much any kind of bitchy interaction on the OPP more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the feeling those will come in extremely handy. Exactly. Uh, and then uh, Megan Yarnell, she we recently saw that she was featured by Global Jeans. Uh, well, she was also recently a panelist for the Global Jeans Alliance, uh, and she was able to be part of a panel that helped advocate for the correct tests that people need when they're born or when they're. They start exhibiting symptoms so that they can get diagnosed early and, more importantly, correctly. So, uh, very important work that she is doing, and uh, we're very proud of her. Awesome. And last, but absolutely not least, we have an update from Susie Barris. You might remember... Had brain cancer Right Well she came back with Number two Clean brain scan Awesome So that is the second one And we are very excited for her And I loved 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 Her post Because when she posted about it She said Be a Twinkie Live past your expiration date <laughs> love her sense of humor Love her spunk She's not, amazing Not to be confused With the hashtag Be a twink that No 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 no, no a very different no. result No Tom so, Not saying a bad result I'm just saying A different result <laughs> Well We're very proud Of Susie Barris And very happy for her So there is Some uh, Some scuttlebutt With the DJs Yeah Having their mics removed Yep they're all gone It's a mic drop <laughs> Yeah It was a forced mic drop Apparently yeah. <laughs> the, the DJs did not choose To do that Gotcha uh, I don't know why I don't know who Or what I, I can't even imagine Why this is important But apparently it is And I mean I don't understand why why somebody felt it was important to remove their microphones Right Specifically that is what I mean yeah. I understand why it's important That people are like what happened Right because a lot of times The instructors They, they, they interact. interact They have kind of a fun banter Going back and forth It's hilarious It's like the Tonight Show And that's their Ed McMahon Yeah Or for our listeners That aren't a hundred years old It's like the Tonight Show And that's their Whoever Jimmy Fallon talks to <laughs> Right uh, Yeah It's incredibly entertaining And for some reason It's gone So we don't know What's up with that I blame the IPO Yeah Yeah uh, that seems to be the answer for everything. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, even. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know that that's not it. It's yeah. very strange. It's just that's I, I blame everything on that lately. Get cut off in traffic. IPO. IPO. It's probably IPO related. <laughs> Couple interesting stories in the world of cycling bikes yes. that actually go places. Yes. Uh, so not again, as you said, Peloton adjacent. Right. But uh, I guess the first one is. Uh, this fascinating story about a female cyclist, yeah, who 
in Belgium, which I thought was interesting because we just got done interviewing Jeff King yeah. not that long ago. Who he raced in Belgium? Yeah, we were talking about how big it is there. Yes, and uh, and I guess it sounds like there were some issues because they they have a gap between the men's race and the women's race because more often than not the men are going to go faster. But this this lady w- had the opposite problem, which was. Uh-uh. Move it, Move buddy. It, boys. Yeah. Yeah, she caught up to him. Get so. your sacks out of my way. <laughs> so they paused the race and and then let 10 minutes go by and then restarted the race. They and paused the girl race. Yeah, not the like, boy race. Yeah, just to be clear. <laughs> they didn't pause the boy race so the girl could go through. They paused the bo- the girl race. Okay, ladies. Yeah, settle down. Dial it back. You don't need to win anything. <laughs> so then this poor lady who was out in front like way ahead of all the other women like ends up coming in 74th because they stopped the race and like totally ruined her groove yeah and man i know i should know better oh you read the i read the comments you read the comments i read the comments and they made me really mad yeah you think the opp is bad no you read the comments on an article like that you're you're longing for the halcyon days of the utopian opp Comment section it's true it's true I spend so much of my time in Pelotonia online that I had No idea that people Were this mean About cycling I mean I've never Anything it is about anything Yeah but like they told her like Well I mean she couldn't have been that great She came in 74th I mean they stopped all the Other women too it was just Really yeah like last time I checked you're not winning any races (laughs) So shut up but anyway, uh, it, it was an interesting article. Very much so. And then a sad story. Very sad. Yeah. So Kelly Caitlin, um, she's a member of the U.S. Members Pursuit Team, and they won a silver medal in the 2016 Olympic Games. And she died on Thursday. And uh, so when I first saw the story, it was it came out pretty quickly. She had committed suicide, which is Obviously incredibly tragic right. And very sad for her her family And everybody that she knew left behind On the uh, Road Rider page It was also posted There was an article that was on the Washington Post um, That I thought was interesting Because it went into a little bit more Of her life And you know she'd always been incredibly competitive Like she wasn't even that super into cycling Like she, she It was almost just the drive of like Just winning drove right. her uh, She was also um, one of a triplets So she was She was You know I'm sure that her siblings Are really hurting Yeah Um, And then The the other interesting thing Is that she had Two crashes recently That both Slowed down her training And like Kind of just messed With her head a little bit but One of them caused a concussion And you know If you Again speculative But you, you kind of Just have to wonder Did that Did that make The like depression occur Did it Did it enhance it or did, In yeah, some way it or, Yeah Yeah And she She just couldn't shake it And so So that's That's what happened But um, Very sad For the cycling community And for her family And anybody that knew her So we are very sorry to hear that There are some power zone updates Yeah so uh, I wanted To make sure that everybody knew that M Paceline which is the iOS Version okay. That you can buy but it's called M As in Michael M Paceline uh, You can buy it on iOS and It tracks all of your power zones you can Use that not only for the bike Now it has tread options So any of the classes you're taking you can track Your kind of power through the tread through this app uh, So for Android users You cannot do that Because it's only for iOS But uh, The person who Creates PowerZone Plus Which is in the Android store, store 
He is working on that ah. And he is going to let me know As soon as it is done It's a race No 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 Because one's done <laughs> One's just... not done So <laughs> Okay It's a race that's over Yeah <laughs> The race has been won But uh, he wanted to let us know About that So we'll definitely Keep everybody updated And the Peloton Prophet Has chimed in About some upcoming Pelo Boston events Yes So this week If you go out on Peloton's Facebook page Not the Facebook group But the page Okay They have posted a series Of events And these events Are titled things like Making goals and keeping them Rest and recovery The cool down Uh, And when you look at them They have speakers Like Hannah Marie Corbin Mm -hmm. And Matt Wilpers Might be talking about One together And so The Peloton Prophet Was like Just kind of musing And thought Hmm I wonder if these are kind of a little sneak peek For what we're going to be seeing At homecoming That would make sense Kind of a, like when you go into Broadway mm-hmm. Do some, some trials out of market Right Yeah Right So uh, I think it makes a lot of sense And sounds logical to me So we will see if that is the case uh, And we'll let you know In a couple of months when we're there yeah, we, we, sh- <laughs> we shall soon know we If shall. that was accurate Yes and speaking of the Peloton Prophet Yes One of their predictions Another one They totally scored Yes They win Because the Peloton Prophet had said Hey we think there's going to be A new male yoga instructor Boom This week we have a new male yoga instructor Ta-da Ross Rayburn Is now teaching yoga for Peloton Sounds like a game show host It does I'm going to call him the game show host <laughs> It's going to be all You know how Chase Tucker is all country songs Yeah Like Ross Rayburn Game show Okay Yeah Okay And Dennis Morton Is the Morton Fisherman Yes Trust the Morton Fisherman (laughs) You know what people Love to do What's that Eat But you know what They maybe hate to do Or don't have time to do Cook Cook Yeah some people Love to cook I'm not one of those people And I really like When we are able To find something Amazing Like Factor Whenever I Checked into Factor I got a box of keto for you Okay And I got the calorie smart for me uh, Because I know that meat is the focus of your meal That it is And for me, I'm like, I want to try all the things So as long as it's healthy, I'm good It can be any kind But the nice thing is These are like two minute meals You fuel up fast with Factors restaurant quality meals And they're ready to heat and eat whenever you are And you know what? We even did the math The Factor is actually less expensive than takeout And every single meal is dietitian approved It's the perfect solution If you're looking for fast upscale options Done easily No prep, no mess meals Head to factormeals.com Slash TCO50 And use code TCO50 to get 50% off That's code TCO50 At factormeals.com Slash TCO50 To get 50% off Checking in with the Peloton community So uh, joining us today via skype phone is Jonathan Swarzy. Hey, how's it going? It is just awesome. How are you, Tom? Okay, I reckon. And Crystal, don't forget her. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> Crystal, I thought you would be here, but you know, I also thought you might be on the mixtape ride this morning and I missed you. So, oh, that is true. Um, I took, I okay, but that needed to happen because I took our crazy puppy to the dog park because she was insane. Tom has his other podcast that he records on Sundays And uh, they had a guest And she wouldn't let him in the front door <laughs> like, Oh my god like not okay, it, that's, a, that's interesting Yeah, like Not in a mean way No but in she a, wanted like, to like love him to like, death Like pay attention to me way <laughs> 
Okay, so so help me understand how this works, if I if I can. So you have a crazy dog, yeah, and you decide I'm going to go take this crazy dog to be around other crazy dogs. Yeah, because she's like super that, friendly. That would be like taking Hannibal Lecter to like a cannibal camp, right? No, no, she's not like like crazy. Like she wants to hurt things. She's crazy. Like I like super high energy. I want to run, and and it's been so cold and so like snowy and rainy for weeks that she hasn't had proper outside time. She's just gone out to go to the bathroom, and I feel like the last couple of days it's really she can sense that the weather is breaking, and she's like must run. So I took her to the dog park so that she could run her little butt off and it was very successful she is sleeping now yes <laughs> that, 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 that's just awesome and i love it does she does she use the tread at all no i don't trust her on the tread because she eats everything so no she's not allowed near the tread and she has little tiny paws so i would be afraid oh. they'd get caught in those little slats it makes a ton of sense that's awesome <laughs> and she doesn't want to share it yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to share it. I do let the kids because I, I keep asking her. Can I? Oh, please? you do not. And she says no. So Tom, I've I've got to ask. Like oh, I know Crystal took the dog out to do the exercise. Does she do all the exercise training for the dog, or do you do you lean in on that? But you just don't work too hard at it. No, the the. The dog is not mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my daughter's, and and Tom was vehemently against another dog. Yeah. So okay, I've never been yeah. a two dog household. I'm like a second dog. That's yeah. a lot of dog. Yeah, but uh, he's got he gets along with her, and yeah, he doesn't okay. like to admit it, but he thinks she's cute. I wouldn't go crazy. Oh, awesome. uh-huh. So, uh, do you go by John or Jonathan? It's really funny. Everywhere I've ever worked, there've been a ton of Johns. And so if I think I'm doing good work, I want to be Jonathan because then it's really clear who's doing it, right? Okay. <laughs> and if something's like questionable or a project, you know, you're sort of like, ooh, this is a hard one. I just go by John. So you guys can go by whatever you want to call me. It's fine. Well, are you <laughs> so, going to do a good job or a bad job? Yeah, I said, maybe we should decide. I'm going to try, try and do a good job. Should, I'll, do, I'll do the best I can. Maybe we should decide at the end of the episode <laughs> yeah. if we want to call him John or Jonathan. <laughs> I, I think that would be awesome. Yeah. We could go back through and we could just edit it all out. And then people will hear me talking about it. And we'll know exactly what you thought about the episode. But, uh, so if we get to the end, we're like, well, thanks for joining us, John. You're going to be like, son of a bitch. Those bastards. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, John slash Jonathan, how did you originally find Peloton? Oh, my God. All right. So I'm an old sort of. Well, not old, but I, you know, I'm a road cyclist. <laughs> okay. All right. Like I grew up in New York City. I actually grew up in Queens and I went to high school in Manhattan and I used to bike to high school. And this was at a time before there were bike lanes. So I was going down Queens Boulevard and over, you know, over the, the Koch Bridge, I think it's called now. It was the 59th Street Bridge at the time. And, you know, biking and weaving in and out of taxis and sort of grew up living like that. And the bike was my way to really access the city. New York City, in terms of miles, is actually so much smaller than, than people actually realize it, it, it is. And you don't know that until you, you walk enough of it or you bike enough of it or you just, you just experience enough of it in other ways. And so, you know, fast forward and, you know, we've been up in Massachusetts for a long time. You know, we were probably like a lot of people in a mall one day and I saw this new store that popped up. It was called Peloton. And I was like, wow, this thing looks really cool. You know, but I sort of was like watching it from a distance. Right. And, you know, time kind of went by, some months went by, you know, I hadn't really been biking very much. I was thinking, God, this, this, maybe this would be cool. But I also 
you know, there was a, there was something else that was really important to me, which which is my wife Julie, and her leaderboard name, just so you know, is Flubber, which tells you a little bit about her her orientation towards herself because she's nothing she's nothing like Flubber, but she she loves Robin Williams and loves the movie, and 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 that's what, that's yeah, that was her leaderboard name, and so you know, she said, God, you know, maybe I would do this, and it was something that was just. Like in me, it was sort of like, wow, that's really interesting because in all the time I've known her, she's never talked about really sticking to any kind of exercise plan, never wanted to do it. I used to beg her to to try and get some sort of activity in that would make her feel good. We had so much going on in our lives. And she said, I'm going to do this. And I looked at her and I said, okay, well, that's great. That's about $3,000. And she said, no, I'm really going to do this. And I said, prove it. And so I said, what you need to do is go to a store and you actually need to go try this thing, you know, and go take a class. That's fair. Right. I'm like, yeah, just just prove, just prove out the point. Give me give me a reason to believe. And in the back of my head was sort of already thinking, well, you know, even if she doesn't use it. I will. Right? So I'm, like, okay. like, I'm like, she may not use it, but I know I, I will ride the hell out of this thing. So wait, wait, and wait, so, wait. You make her jump through hoops to prove she's going to do it, but you already know that you would do it. I know I would do it, but I would never have bought it just for me. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. Right? Like, like having a big, you know, it's not that big, but having a thing of that size, you know, that I was just worried if she wasn't really using it, it would just not be part of our home. Okay. Right? Got like it, we got we it. just were not going to embrace it. Okay. Okay. And so we go into the store and I'm going to be, re- you know, just really candid about this. Like it was, she had a horrible experience. Oh no. Um, yeah. She really, really did. She felt, she just, she went in there feeling really awful about herself. I think you know, the salesperson who was there was like a size negative zero zero, you know, wearing leather pants, you know, and my wife is a normal sized woman. Yeah. Who's given birth to two beautiful girls. Her body's done a lot of hard work and she's she's just an incredible person. And she felt like she was being judged because she's not Lululemon sized. Oh, you know? that's terrible. It was awful. It was awful. And I went, Oh my God, I don't, this is just not going to happen. And so, you know, about, it took another year until another Peloton studio store opened up in our area. So we're, we're just outside of Boston. When that happened, we went into the store and it was just a completely different experience. Like the culture in the store, you could just feel it. And the way that they were engaging with, 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 with the customers was completely different. And she said, I like it. I'm going to do this. And I said, all right, we, uh, we, we pulled the plug and we, we, we got her this Peloton. And it's been transformative you know, for our family, like so many people who ride. For her, you know, I've known my wife. She was my college sweetheart. And so I've known her now for, was it 22 years, maybe something about, about 22 years. We dated for about, you know, eight and uh, we've been married now. It'll be uh, 14 in July. You know, she's stuck with it. You know, she's done 358 rides. Wow. Yeah, she's amazing, you know, and I am so proud of her. And it's just it's just extraordinary. And one of the things about this tool is that it can be so many different things to so many different people. Like uh, you go on the OPP and people go, I just got my bike. Which instructor should I try? 
you know, and there's only one right answer for that, which is try all of them. I agree. Yeah. Because you, you never you know? know who you're going to mesh with. You just don't know. You don't you don't know. And, and you know, look, sometimes they have great days and sometimes they have bad days. And maybe you catch someone on a bad day and don't judge it by that. But just go and experiment. And you know what? The damn thing comes with an on-off button. And if you don't like it, just stop. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And what my wife loves about it is that she doesn't feel self-conscious like she's going to go to you know get dressed up to go to the gym you know she's a bit of a spintrovert you know so she's she is a, an introverted <laughs> personality by far is she in the spintroverts um, tribe she, well she is but no one there ever says anything i have no idea they're all the way I, I you know i always think they must all be sitting around waiting for someone to say something <laughs> So you know, but, funny. but like in, in reality, it's so hard, right? Yeah. Like people, they, they judge you by like what you're wearing or what you look like. And she's like, you know, I can ride when I want to, right? I can take the rides I want to when I want to. And she's stuck with it. She is a bull. She's got some IT band issues now, which are really common cycling types of injuries that she's trying to nurse through. It's just incredible, you know, and, and I think you just you just start with everyone. Like, I'll tell you in all seriousness, like before I took I haven't taken a Jen Sherman class in a long time. And I was hopping on this morning and it was just like a few minutes had passed in the mixtape. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, but I just went and tried it. And Jen was like she was on fire, like she was in her element. She was so engaged with everyone. She looked happy and energized, and it was just infecting everyone around in the, you know, in the room and, and, and even on the boards. It was, it was really awesome. I think she's a great teacher. And I know, I know they had the uh, Jen's Men presentation, if you will, today. They were doing their own little kind of HRI this weekend, and uh, they, they gifted her with a special gift. So I'm sure that helped as well. It does. And, it, and it's it's just awesome, right? Like, look at the impact that this bike has had on people. As I listen to the podcast, as I see people online, you know, OPP aside, right? And the thing about the OPP, I, I'm just going to on the side, like on a tangent, but I just don't, your name is attached to everything you put out. Like, why would you do that? You know, like, like, <laughs> what are you thinking? Yeah. You know, and it's so big now. Like, I know there's people who I work with on there. Um, and, I, and, and like, I'm stoked about that. And I think that that's cool, you know, and, and but uh, but I always think about what, what I'm doing and, you know, just come, you know, going full circle, like try them all, figure out who you who you like and who speaks to you and, and be your best you. You know, whatever that is, you know, and if you are 100 pounds or you're 400 pounds and you're just starting out, go do this thing and be patient with yourself and don't expect to be, you know, trying to go do your know, JJ 60 minute climb as your first ride if you haven't exercised in 40 years, you know, but but go do it. And, and it has just amazing, amazing impact on people. You, you jumped right to the advice for newbies. Yeah. You went to the end. Oh, wow. Are you eager to be done? <laughs> There's just there's just so much I mean there's just so much to say. I know, I'm just teasing you. I I'm just teasing. When did you guys end up getting the Peloton though? Like when when did that happen? I would say I think it was like February twenty eighteen, so it's just just a bit over a year. Aw. You just celebrate your Peloversary. You know, we have so much stuff going on right now. My daughter's birthdays are three years and two days apart. And then within a week is my birthday. 
And so everything just all happens at once. Yeah. And it's just an out of control February in our house. <laughs> so it probably came and went and we didn't even notice. Like I did my yesterday was my 200th ride on my birthday. Aww. Um, and it was just it was really, really cool. So here's a way to judge how much you like it. Do you call it Peloton or do you call it Pelotonathan? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's really funny because I know they're going to IPO, so I trademarked Pelotonathan. Oh, good thinking. <laughs> yeah, you know, you just you just never know. I call it Peloton, but but I do also occasionally like to have some fun, and I want to maybe expand your minds a little bit, which is this thing that we all love, like all these athletes, right, who come together and and ride on this thing. It's really not a bicycle; it's a unicycle. It's got one wheel. <laughs> it does. That's true. That's true. It's got, it's got one wheel. You know, I love to talk about that because I think it's. I just. I think it's hilarious. It is. That's a really good point. We all call it a bicycle, but it's really a unicycle. A unicycle that goes nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good because at first I thought you were going to try and get us to take acid when you were like you're going to expand our minds. I was like, oh, this dude totally wants us to drop. <laughs> I don't even know where to get that stuff, but I'm sure someone out there does. Is there like a Peloton tripping let's, tribe somewhere? Let's not find out. I'm sure there is. I don't want anyone to send me yeah. any information that is illegal. Yeah. 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 So did you, do you think that you guys were pretty fit when you got the Peloton? Or do you think that you were a little less fit than you would like to be since you have the road riding background that could land anywhere? Once you have kids, the game changes. So Yeah, it was it was all over. Um, like once you have, like for us, once we had kids and the journey we've been on, it was all over. You know, I was pushing 300 pounds and there was stuff that was going on. Not when we got the Peloton, like I was already on my course at through outdoor stuff, but my wife, you know, she was also like, we were on this awful health journey together. Like we were just falling apart. Right. So for me, I was pretty fit because I had been doing training to do a, a really long bike ride. That was just part of what I was doing outdoors. And just for just. To complete the thought, for, for me, what the Peloton has done is let me turn the winter into a really productive time. Like when I went out in the spring on the first nice nice day, even though we didn't have the Peloton that long last year, there's a hill by my house that, you know, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I can get up this thing when, when, when the season first starts. And I just went right up. That's awesome. I mean, that really right? speaks like, to the training. I'm like, yeah. Do you also do power zone training? I, I do. And, um, you know, I love Matt. You know, I think Matt's train for a purpose is, um, you know, have something to train for really syncs with, with, with my brain. And, you know, it's kind of hard, too, because, you know, I met Matt once and and I love him. I think he's a fantastic teacher. He's really fit, kind of short on the shorter side. And, you know, roughly the size of a burrito I might eat. But, um <laughs> You know, and this guy would kick my ass and, you know, on, on any kind of outdoor bike anywhere. So, you know, he's an incredible teacher, an incredible source of motivation for me. I do do the power zone training, although I'm not as religious as some people are. So I'm part of the power zone pack. I'm part of the road riders. I will experience lots of different structures, all structured around, you know, for my own, like I make power zone work for me. I wish that they had, you know, some more power zone instructors. To be honest with you, I think it's grown enough. It would be great to have another voice in there. Someone who actually you know, rides outside too would be would be awesome. Like I think JJ could would be fantastic at that if she ever wanted to do that. 
you know, I'd love to see it. I would also, you know, just put a plug in if, you know, John Foley is listening, it would be great for the Gen 3 bike to have a, a real power meter option. You know, I don't know what you know about these things, but but the power calculations are, are just that. They're, they're just, they're calculated based on, on what you're doing, but they're not actually really measured. Right. And so there's just a lot of variability out there. Yeah. Oh, I and know. It, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, you know. Right. You know, people like I know people have multiple bikes and their FTPs are 100 watts off on each bike. Yeah. Um, but they, they know they have to tailor their power zones for the bike that they're on. Right. As long as you're always doing the training on on one bike, it's not a big deal. But like if you travel a lot or you're going to the studio a lot, that can really change what you need to do. Absolutely. And when you're on the road, you know, it's 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 just hard to have that that consistency. And, you know, look, whether you intellectually understand it or not. We all react to a number, right? In fact, when you go scroll through the leaderboard and you start looking at stuff, when you click in to see like your details, it changes from leaderboard to scoreboard, right? And that's really a quiet change, but it's something, you know, tells you that these numbers matter, right? We teach classes to these numbers. I think it's really hard to, to reconcile that for some people. I think I that's think it, true. It can be a real challenge. I also think so. that doing the power zone training makes me less worried about the leaderboard like I, I feel like since I've already kind of assigned and accepted whatever my zones are then if I'm taking a power zone class it doesn't matter where I'm at on the leaderboard because I'm within my zones now if I take a class that's not a power zone class suddenly the leaderboard's open and I'm a lot more aware of what's going on <laughs> and I might I might try to race people but but it's like a completely different mindset when I'm taking a power zone class because I've accepted those zones that's that's where I'm going to be it's it's true and if you actually took a power zone class with just power zone people right the leaderboard like it would be predetermined yeah, right? everyone exactly. would ride exactly exactly based on their on their zones, and you should be able to predict where everyone's going to fall from one to you know to two thousand or or whatever it is, however many people are going to be on the on the ride these days. And so, you know, it does take that off. It, it definitely does. And you know, if I can go back for one second, because you asked about about our fitness journey, I do want to talk, if it's okay, a little bit more yeah. about about sure. my wife. And I'll be honest with you, you know, she's so she is really introverted and she was both like jealous and stoked that I was going to be doing this today. And she <laughs> would be so terribly afraid to come on here and talk about this. <laughs> but, you know, her fitness journey started with the Peloton. For her, the impact was, you know, there's a there's a farm by us um, owned by Mass Audubon and there's a hill on this farm. And, you know, even though our kids were older, we sometimes we'd be taking like a, you know, a stroller type thing to push, you know, push them around a little bit. One of our kids gets a bit tired. She was struggled walking up that hill, let alone if she had to manage with one of the kids, you know, and she conquers that thing now. And it's, it's just, it's not an issue. It is just incredible to see that like someone who's never taken care of that in their lives and, and they can accomplish so much. I think that's awesome. And I feel like that's part of what's so wonderful about Peloton is because you can, since it is at your own pace and you don't feel like people are watching you or you're not self-conscious about it, you can put as much into it or as little into it as you want and you get more comfortable over time. That's right. You know, and, and you use social media in the right way. One of the other things I'll say about Peloton that's been so wonderful, which I don't think people really realize, is when we started to sign up for all these groups, my Facebook newsfeed just completely changed. 
And it went from people complaining about politics <laughs> and this thing and that thing and this outrage and that outrage to just people focused on fitness. I know. And I love it. It's like completely <laughs> different. Too. It's so uplifting to see people so excited all the time and so happy with their accomplishments and so encouraging instead of just negative, negative, negative. Even my Facebook feed looks like that now. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's gained so many friends even though he doesn't ride the bike that it's like my if you went through my if my Facebook feed is like 40% Peloton and 60% monkeys. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, what about 10% nachos? <laughs> I don't like nachos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too much weird work. about everything. Yeah, I'm a weird eater. I mean, I have, I'm have. i a horrible eater, but I'm also very weird and picky about the horrible things I choose to eat. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 I get it. But, you know, and, and we are, we are, we've all been there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your family's journey. I know that you guys have had some difficulties, and I, I would like to hear you share whatever you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, I'll share a lot. It may be hard, so I you guys will keep me you guys will keep me on track and, and, and keep me honest. I tend to be really transparent about it. I don't really have a, a choice because if like you Googled me, all this stuff pops up anyway. <laughs> um, so you know Julie and I have two daughters who just turned eight and five. Our eldest daughter's name is Belle and her sister is is Sadie. We were such crazy paranoid like you know first time parents with Belle. Um it's like it's it's insane i think every parent must must go through this it was like you know pre even during pregnancy prenatal vitamins getting exercise making sure you're eating the right stuff when bell was born we were having some problems with her you know breastfeeding it was something that was really important to my wife and we thought there were some real health benefits to it you know we had lactation consultants we um rented a commercial scale and a commercial pump to keep track of what was going on with her because it it was really a challenge Mm -hmm. and um bell was born with a, we found out later, a genetic disorder. She has a gene in her body, which, so genes make proteins, and proteins are built up of like long chains of of building blocks called amino acids. And in her case, one of the genes got changed, and there was an arginine, which nobody knows about, that got turned into a tryptophan. And everybody knows tryptophan because she's, you know, it's like she's like a little extra turkey in her, right? (laughs) A little extra turkey. (laughs) And so, you know, and so this thing is called neurofibromatosis type 1. And, you know, it led us down, you know, this pathway and this pathway is kind of crazy. And so with kids with that genetic disorder, people who have that genetic disorder, what happens is you have a propensity to grow tumors on your nervous system um, oh. anywhere in your body where you have nerves. Oh. Okay. So can you can you name a place in your body where you don't have any kind of nerves? Uh, no. Yeah, neither can I. So, you know, so, so people who have this have a propensity to grow these. And these tumors are almost always benign. You know, so thankfully, right? Yeah. So the, the way it works out is like one third of people go through life. They may not even quite realize that they have it. Because it doesn't really materially impact their lives or their health, a third have some you know moderate to serious problems, and a third have life-threatening problems. She's been under like we've been to every floor of Boston Children's Hospital. Like we may not have the money to donate to them, but we really think they they should at least name an MRI after this kid. <laughs> um, you know, or like, or like a garden or something, you know, like we know it's like, we spent so much time at Boston Children's Hospital. I kid you not. I will see doctors like in the Auburn Pond in the lobby. They'll go, Hey, Jonathan, how's Belle doing? You know, it's, it's, it's just this crazy. And so Belle had what we thought 
was one of these benign tumors in her face. You know, it was growing inside and in her in her jaw. And so we were watching it, you know, pretty carefully. Like this is one of these things where people were watching it going, okay, it's probably going to be okay. It's probably going to be okay. And it turned out to not be okay. Mm. What it ended up turning out to be is not even one of these kinds of tumors, like one of these benign, um, they're called neurofibromas. It turned out to be a very dangerous and malignant cancer called rhabdomyosarcoma. Whoa. And um, yeah, it was, um, we found that out like it was, February 3rd was her diagnosis date, 2015, so we're a few years out. February 3rd is also my dating anniversary with my wife, so, you know, all this shit always gets all fucked up. Oh, my God. Uh. And, um, yeah, she had, um, and, and, you know, with kids, so this is, doctors are trained to look for horses, right? They sort of, they look, when they're going into doing a diagnosis, they go, well, most likely it's a horse, it's not a zebra, right? Yeah. To get to this differential diagnosis in a child, you've gone by all the horses until you're not even at zebras, but you're at a unicorn where this kid has this really rare cancer on top of the neurofibromatosis. So they're associated with each other, but there's no causal link, meaning no one knows how or why, but it's like, you know, there's it happens more often that, that, than it should. And because of what happened to Bell, it was, sta- you know, when it was found, it was stage four. Oh. Uh, yeah. She had, it was three by three by four centimeters in her face. And she had bilateral metastases. So she had uh, metastases in both of her lungs. And, you know, she was given like a 40 chance, you know, 40% chance of surviving three years. Um, so I just, I want to pause because that's a hard number for people to hear. I do want to say she, like she's in remission today. So let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. But we started a year of treatment for her that involved like five different chemotherapy agents. She had proton therapy, which is a really like the most expensive medical device known to man is a proton generator. And it's used in, in very specific circumstances. So she had proton radiation to her face with the hopes of sparing collateral damage to, to healthy areas around her, you know, around that cancer. And then she had whole lung radiation. And we were went to, we actually went to New York for that. And so we went through this year and it was just like absolute hell. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I can't, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Your baby's sick, you know? And you, you have all the, the fear and the just, you know, it's horrible to watch your kids be in any kind of pain whatsoever. And then to have all the fear and everything wrapped up in it as well. I, I cannot imagine going and, through that. And then compounding all that is that it's so rare. There probably isn't like a... Like, oh, here's what happens typically for you to kind of map out what to expect even, I would I would think. So we learned that therapies and outlooks for children like, like Bell have not improved in 45 years. That's Yikes. shocking. It, some of her chemotherapy agents were like 50, 60 years old. And what happens with kids is if they survive – the toxicities from these things are they're insane, right? You save a life if you know if you're lucky, like if we're one of the, if you're one of the lucky ones. And you know, the kids have it's just it's awful, right? Like the amount of radiation that she that she had, um, you know, the survival and understanding of that kind of comes from Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Jeez. Uh, which is insane. Yeah. You as a dad, right, somehow like 
you feel like you swear to protect your children, yeah. right? Like that is like the thing. Like if you guys, like I don't care if your kids are teenagers, like go give them a hug and a kiss tonight, right? And like tell them you love them. And you know, just everyone should just go out, like no matter what's going on with your kids, um, just tell them that you love them, you know? Cause it's, it's like one thing away. And for her, you know, like 45 years, she was in her, she was in a clinical trial that was 11 years old that was still recruiting uh, when she went through it. Whoa. And, um, so is yeah, 11 years old. Is it because there's there so, there so few th- people that they can do the tests on or like wh- why is it taking so long? There has been no major pharmaceutical or biotech company that has done research in pediatric cancers. I think there's been like maybe three new drugs that have gotten an indication for kids in the last 20 years or something like that. The only source of research funding has been the National Cancer Institute, and they have spent less than 4% of their budget researching kids. You know, it's, it's... you know, but to Tom's point, is that because there are fewer kids that are patients? Yeah, there, there's there's fewer kids. There's fewer ways of understanding it. Parents are becoming better and better advocates and saying, hey, we've got to change this. Mm-hmm. You know, last year there was a really important piece of legislation that was bipartisan. Like if you can imagine anything <laughs> yeah. in Whoa. Washington these days, <laughs> wow. you know, that, like, that got signed that, that may help. It was called the Race for, the Race for Children's Act. Um, that will promote research and you know it's just it just hasn't been done i mean it's it's crazy you know and for me like for bell i you know how do i god i spoke to doctors so she was treated initially at boston children's in dana farber um she went to massachusetts general for protons and stayed there for for oncology only and then whole lung radiation she went to memorial sloan kettering in new york city we took her, I found the people who had done more of whatever problem I was having than anybody else, and that was a heuristic we used. And so that took us all around. I spoke with the principal investigator on her clinical trial. I spoke with the head of the children's oncology group. He's based out of Seattle Children's, who works in the sarcoma division. I spoke with folks at St. Jude's in Tennessee, and I had a professor of mine from graduate school. I have an MBA who was, he, he was, he's a doctor. He was teaching a class with the medical school that I took, and I got an A in his class, and I reached out to him. He was the CEO of Sick Kids in Canada. And so I was pushing through, and my wife was pushing through with all these people trying to do anything we could to bend the curve to, to you know, in our daughter's favor. And it was, it was just insane, right? And, and to get back to fitness, um, there is no way. Like, you're just not taking care of yourself. I spent over 65 nights sleeping in a hospital in and out through the emergency room. You're eating anything you can get your hands on. Um, you're scared shitless. Right? It's your baby. You can't always show her that you're afraid. And, you know, and, and you can't fix it. You know, like I couldn't, you know, I, I tried everything I could. I even 3D printed the tumor in her head. Like I made a 3D print of that to talk with the surgeon about it and to see what it was like, you know, to, to you know, if, if there was going to be a surgical option, which it turned out there was not going to be. And so it was it was awful. I mean, it was just 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 a, a horrible, horrible time. Yeah. So that's all. Yeah, that's, that's like a real downer. man. Yeah. <laughs> awful. I mean, it is. There's no there's no 
there's no way to get around that. I yeah. mean, it, it just it had to suck. Like there's there's nothing that anybody can say to make that better. Well, it's not about you know what people say. I think you know what people need. You know, people who are in these situations, like first your your kids are any. I would take my daughter's health problems a thousand times over to protect her gladly. You know, and I I don't mean this in a in like a in a suicidal way, but I would give my life for my daughter if I could. Yeah. You know, like I, I am, I am completely at peace with that. My wife would do the same thing and you can't. Right. And so, you know, what I would tell you, people need people who are willing to turn into the danger and understand that who can be comfortable that they're dealing with people who may feel really angry which I would say, you know, there's a huge part of that, of, of that emotional spectrum that is both scared and angry and hopeful and joyful. And, you know, you, I've seen the worst in people, but I've also seen the very, very, very best of people. Like, I am so fortunate to have met some of these people who I know now who are part of our lives, who stayed part of our lives. One of these guys who I met drives an 18-wheeler into Manhattan, right? And oh, so no. Mm-hmm. He, he yeah. works for an ice cream company, right? He's, I'm like, I'm like, I told him, like, you, he drives a rig in Manhattan. <laughs> and I said to him, you are like, you are the second toughest person I've ever met. The first one is this little girl right here. And, you know, and, and he drives for, an, like, like Baskin and Robbins. I, you know, it's like he's driving a Baskin and Robbins truck. And I'm like, you have any ice cream for this kid? <laughs> you know, it was just like the funniest, it was like the funniest thing. You know, he's, he's a friend now. And, and you know, someone who, who's, whose path I might not ever have crossed, who's just been so huge. And, you know, he doesn't even know it. It's just like the small way, it's just staying in contact, right? It's, it's the people who are willing to, to, to do that, because what you find is a few things, right? If you're in a situation like this, the people you think are going to show up for you, don't do it. Strangers who you have no reason to expect anything from will do amazing things for you out of nowhere, right? That there's just such incredible kindness and your whole world sort of gets upended. And the second thing is it doesn't really end that quickly. Time matters, right? It's like I have a, a dear friend who is who is a mentor of mine who passed away and his wife didn't need me to be there for the funeral because she was surrounded by people. She needed me to call in a year later and say, how are you doing? Like when people go through things like that, just show up. You know, as my wife says, it's like super grover. You know, it's, it's really what, what, what you've got to do. I think a lot of times people just they don't know what to do. Yeah. And so they just avoid. Yeah. Because even even I mean, I, 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 I've tried to be there for people, but it's like if they're not if if you try to kind of reach out and, you know, do things like offer help, they don't necessarily want help or they feel like, you know, they shouldn't need help and and so sometimes they kind of push that away and and you don't want to make them feel stressed that you're trying you you don't want to be another obligation for them it's like they've got enough going on so just like quietly step away it's like i'm here but i don't know how to be there for you right now you know like i want to be but i don't want to push myself on you and and make you have to deal with something else either yeah it's I, and and look i get it Right. Yeah. I, I get it completely. You know, I will tell you things that 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 helped us. 
a lot. Like coming home one day and like there had been just a tremendous amount of snow and someone cleared off the stairs and our sidewalks. Yeah. And I didn't have to do it, right? Not only did I have to do it, I didn't even have to say thank you to anyone. And that was even better because it's like it, you feel gratitude, but it's hard to express. Sure. And you know, like you just like you just feel like emotionally drained all the time. It was probably also like, nice not to feel beholden to someone. <laughs> yeah. You, right. You know. Right. Yeah. That's right. You know, it's like we had, I mean, people were dropping off meals all the time. You know, when things were healthier, like, you know, you're always grateful for the meal, of course. But like if it's, I don't mean like something fancy, but I mean, if it's like not like a big heavy whatever, like, you know, trying to help people eat healthier who are just going to eat anything you throw at them anyway. Yeah. You know, like like that's pretty cool. You know, this story is so much about Belle, but it's also about Sadie, right? Who grew up with this. Yeah. I mean, because you you don't want to leave her behind and focus only on Belle. You know, Sadie deserves an awesome childhood and you don't want to make it all about Belle either. Right. And And that's exactly right. And so people's, their feelings are so complex. And what I can tell you is, you know, I know enough other cancer dads now, right? I have a group on, you know, a couple of groups on Facebook. You know, we all, we're all fairly, like, you feel fairly, fairly damaged, you know? Um, that's like sometimes, like, you know, the so, so to tie it back to the Peloton, I will just slam the shit out of it, you know? I will go up there and I will go find a ride. Maybe it's a JJ Klein ride. Um, I used to love the pain cave. I wish it would come back. You know, it was like, see, it's awful because it's 6 a.m. It's awful because, <laughs> you know, Robin is just, you know, like you feel like a, like a freighter for when you get on in the morning. Yeah. But, you know, it's just it's like it was always this, this really therapeutic ride. It's so incredibly helpful and instrumental, right? Because you are so trying to manage all this shit. And, you know, for, for both parents, dads, moms, you know, the whole family. And it, it doesn't. I think what people don't always understand is even when treatment's done, you don't really know, you know, because here's the thing, like, like, you know, the doctor tells you it's 40 to 40 percent chance that your daughter's going to be alive in three years. And you spend a lot of time flipping a fucking coin in the hospital. I bet. Yeah. And it's not healthy and it's crazy. Right. Uh, yeah. And you know, I, I know as negative as I am, I would yeah. not deal with that. Well, I would be like, well, there went that. That sucks. I mean, I, I I envy people who can have a positive outlook on things, but I I am not one of them. And it would be really, really hard. I mean, I'd still be there for my kid. Don't get me wrong, but I would be a mess. I would be an absolute mess. You, you know, people think that we're strong and we're not right. We're not strong at all. You just do what you have to do. Right. It's not the same thing, obviously, but it's like that ride where you just don't have it and you're going to and you're just going to slog through. It's that. Right. And when you see these children, this is what is so mind blowing to me. You go to clinic and these kids all want to play. They just want to play. They just want to be kids. Right. I tell people that childhood cancer, it's not child abuse, but it's definitely childhood abuse. My daughter, you know, Belle is like she is so complex as a person you know sadie is so complex it's so hard to manage them it's so hard to understand even now you know and then you see the toxicities and it's it's just serious serious stuff you guys would do you would be there and you would do what you had to do and every every parent is but we're there's not i don't know a dad who thinks that they're strong you know i don't think any of us feel strong we're just doing what we have you know we're just doing what we have to do it reminds me of there's a quote but i'm gonna get very nerdy here i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna sound very smart very literate. i love it yeah. <laughs> there's a quote by frederick nietzsche 
that's oh my god that says if you know the why you can live any how and and this why is getting your daughter healthy and you're you'll put up with any bullshit you've got to to get her there stuff that you would never put up with normally because the, the there wouldn't be a why to justify it you know yeah I mean, that, first of all, Tom, I'm like shocked because I, I would like expect fortune cookie wisdom from you, but that's serious stuff. <laughs> Every once in a while, I bust that out. <laughs> he's he's actually he's actually pretty smart. Uh. I, I, I'm sure I'm sure he is. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I would have to like Google something for like that. I mean, that's that's just awesome. Well, he is sitting in front um, of his computer. Let's not give him. Okay, I knew the quote. I Googled it just so I said it exactly right. Okay. But I, I okay. knew to like I not like I could Google uh, give me clever niche. Quotes <laughs> on perseverance in the in the face of cancer. Like that's not a thing. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like you know, childhood cancer. Sound smart quote. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, and that's my ultimate skill. We talk about this all the time. Is that like I can somehow get people to laugh even when we're talking about childhood cancer? Yeah, I don't. It's like a. It's like, not a skill I possess. I don't know how or why, but somehow I. You always, you always do, Tom. I, you do. I, you do. Yeah. It's, you need to. You need to fucking laugh. You do. Like I mean, that you've, you've. It's like you know. There's times when it's just. It's so absurd. Like the whole thing. It's just. It's just. It's just crazy. It, like you've got to laugh, and so you know, it, it's. It's. It's every bit as important as just trying to get on the bike and do and do your thing. How how long has Bell been in remission? Bell has been in remission for three years now. And what I can tell you about, so this is the other thing I can tell you about, about her, her cancer. So there's something called a survival curve for all these cancers, right? And it starts from the date, in her case, of diagnosis. And then it's the percentage of kids who are still alive. And so after, you know, three years from diagnosis, you know, there's about 40%, you know, maybe you know, somewhere between 40, 45% of kids who, who, who are still alive. But that curve, actually is pretty flat while they're in treatment and it really starts like the deep downhill the next two years and so it's like that's also really crazy and hard to get your head around but um yeah so she's she's been she's been clear for a while she recently had a a bit of a setback it's not cancer okay but she had um two small strokes um and it sent us to the ER and two hospital admissions and an emergency MRI all within one week. Um, it was actually like the week before I was supposed to start this new job, right? I'm like, holy shit, like what the fuck is going on here? And it turned out that Bell has, um, in addition to all this other garbage and again, sort of unrelated, has problems with the circulation in her brain. She doesn't get enough blood delivered in the right ways and the in the right parts of her brain. And so, you know, the the doctor told us that failure to act now would leave her with I'm I'm going to give you his numbers, 60 to 90% chance of a catastrophic stroke within 2 years. Ugh. Which is just like you're just like holy like you hear him say this, right? And he's like I'm like not related to the cancer. I'm like, "You know what I'm going to go do? I'm going to go buy myself one one fucking Powerball ticket." <laughs> yeah. You know? And then I'm going to buy myself one Mega Millions ticket. And I'm going to go win both of those fuckers because it's karma, right? right? And yeah. so it's going to work out. Something needs to balance, yeah. Yeah. Right. Gotta I'm like, leave you know, this poor so kid go, alone. Yeah. Right? yeah. Right? It's going to balance out. And so this Thursday, she's going to be having brain surgery um, to fix this. 
Oh my God. It will be fixed. We have like, you know, I really want people to understand this. Like for, if you have a really serious medical problem, find the people who know the most about that problem. The surgeon we have has done more of this kinds of surgery on kids than any place else in the country, than anyone else in the country. I am a ferocious researcher. Um, I've talked to people who've been in the operating room with him. You know, I know more about this guy than maybe his wife does. You know, he's going to go do great work and we're going to be on pins and needles and we're going through this stuff and it's going to pass. But, you know, you try to tell that like this, this little eight year old girl doesn't understand why her body keeps failing her. And it just, it breaks my heart. You know, we're going to get through this, you know, and this, this is going to be fixed. We don't understand it. There isn't anyone who can explain it. I can't explain it. The best doctors in the world cannot explain this with her, but that's what, you know, that's what we're going to go do. And so, you know, when I say it, you feel like it's never quite over. Like we're always like, well, what the hell's happening next? And you know, we're, like we're going to go buy that Powerball ticket and whatever else and hope there's karma. Either that or I was like some sort of cross between like, you know, Genghis Khan and, and, and Hitler or something. I, I don't know in a past life. <laughs> um, you know, it's, not, it's the only way any of this stuff makes sense. And so I don't know. I don't know where I was going with all this, but, you know, it's like it's not cancer. I can tell you that of the kids who survive because the stuff is so toxic, like 90 to 95 percent of them have pretty serious side effects at some point in their life. You know, and so the treatments that are there, they're there and they can save a life. They're not always that great. And so we're as a family, like we're really committed to changing it. Right. Like what I said before is you feel all this anger right? Mm-hmm. And then anger goes someplace, right? It goes, like, if it turns inward and it becomes like, it can become a horrible depression, right? If it turns outward in an uncontrolled way, like, you're like a crazy person walking around Costco. <laughs> you know, it's like, you need to find, you know, find that outlet, you know? And, and so we have, like, part of that, part of it is this, is this Peloton thing. It is not just the bike and it's not just the instructors and it's not, you know, it's the people. It is one of the tribes. I'm really like my wife and I are really close in. I know you interviewed Sam Atari a few weeks ago. Yeah. You know, we're in the Peloton monthly challenge tribe. My challenge is different than anybody else's. And you know what? They accept me for that. I have, you know, a different set of goals and, and they are so wonderfully supportive of my family and how we're trying to change this that you feel really feel like people have your back you know and then there's people like you who, like you know tom crystal you know <laughs> like you guys do this awesome show and you drive so much of what goes on in this community i i mean i cats off to you you know for for all of it you know crystal you know like like everybody else who rides this peloton you're an athlete right <laughs> Tom, you're not an athlete, but I'm you're a supporter. An, I'm an athletic so I guess that supporter. Makes you an athletic supporter, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> it's incredible. It is why my leaderboard name is what it is, which is why I Peloton. And I have that to remind me of the singular focus for why I do it, which is to try to fight this, you know, this this stuff for these kids. And it helps me to train and be strong on the road where I do my, my charity bike rides and it's, you know, it's life changing. What can we as a Peloton community do to help you and your family and anybody else? Yeah. Other families in similar situations. 
So about my family, we are like, I say you have to funnel this anger someplace, right? Yeah. We are working so hard, like so many parents, to, to drive real change. One of the photos I sent you, well, actually a couple of the photos, we started three years ago in my city in Newton, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston, September's Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. We had a flag that got made. We have had ceremonies each year for the past three years, and it, it, it actually made it to a transition in the mayor's office, like we had a new mayor. So there was a picture from last year's, the police honor guard came out. You know, we're, we're trying to raise awareness. We, we, we see it as a local and a national issue. So we started in the town. And, you know, my daughter's neuro-oncologist, so we have a pediatric neuro-oncologist, which means she went to school for like 80 years. You know, she lives in Newton. You know, like she's she's like our neighbor. So so the patients are here, the doctors are here, the charities are here. All these people, like we are a small city, but there's there's a community here that that's part of. It. So so we started that in Newton, Massachusetts. On a different stage, I worked my way through the state government, and I got Charlie Baker to issue proclamations in 2017, 2018. I think I sent you a photo of this. Actually, officially recognizing in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And then there's two other things. So you asked, like, what can you do? I raise money to fight childhood cancer. This year, I worked with the Jimmy Fund, and there's a new account that we've set up that will bring cutting-edge genetic technology to the fight against childhood cancer. So they will be using, um, you guys may have heard in popular press like CRISPR and Cas9 gene editing. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. You know, they're using that. They're going to be using that on cell cultures to try to identify targets for therapies for, for, for childhood cancer. And very specifically, this fund is going to be looking at my daughter's cancer, which has been overlooked for, for too many years. 45 years is too long to, to wait for change. And it, there's even like we believe we can't ask and they can't disclose. But we had donated samples of her of her tumor when she was in treatment into into Dana-Farber. And um, they've they've cultured you know, a number of different samples that they had. We actually think her, her cancer is in this. And so I'm fundraising that for that through my bike ride, which is through the Pan Mass Challenge. Have you guys ever heard of this? I, I had not heard of it until somebody suggested you for the podcast and they told me that you've been training for this and I didn't know what it was. So I had to, I had to look it up. So, so tell us about that. I, this will be my third year doing it. And I'm biking 192 miles outdoors from Sturbridge, Massachusetts to Provincetown, Massachusetts. I think you made Tom a, pass I wouldn't out. want to drive it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Tom's like, what? Yeah, I got, I got winded just hearing that. <laughs> I, I know. It's like the oxygen mask is popping down, right? <laughs> And um, I'll, I, I mean, honestly, like, you know, you start off in Sturbridge, you take out your phone, you call an Uber. You throw your bike in the back, and then you end up in Provincetown, and you go have some beer. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go do this bike ride again. I'll tell you, the first year I did it, I had four broken ribs, and I was like a, a few weeks out from it. Have you guys ever had broken ribs? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm. Yeah, okay. my, you know, people always make fun of me because, uh, especially in relation to this podcast, because I don't exercise or anything. But I'll tell you this: my body is in like new condition. <laughs> I've never broken a bone, <laughs> nothing. Never had a surgery. That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going to call it like maybe Craigslist quality of life new condition. <laughs> okay, I don't know you, but that that that's going to be my guess. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, so I bro- I had a training accident and I crashed and I broke four bones, like four four of my ribs, and it was really I was so like I remember when I crashed and I, I was in the ambulance and I actually like literally started crying not because it hurt but because I didn't want Bell to see me in the hospital. Oh you know? yeah, and, um, you know, sure enough, you know they show up at the hospital. You know, I- I'm watching like. I'm in a shitload of pain, but I'm watching the Tour de France. It was like, you know, the end of July <laughs> and like Christian Vandeveld's on, on, you know, on TV. And I'm, I'm like, you know, but I, I'm like, I had four broken ribs and I couldn't even sleep in my bed. Like I couldn't get up because it affects your entire core and your ability to activate it. I was sleeping in a chair. You know, I asked, I have a sports medicine doctor who, who, who does cycling medicine. And I said to her, you know, everything hurts like a, like a, like a motherfucker. Can it, can I do this? And she said, yeah. She said, you know, if you go do it, if you're going to crash, crash on the left side. So you don't, you know, re-break the four ribs that you're that are trying to heal on the right side. I said, okay, that makes sense. So I'm like, you know, if I crash, I'll just crash on the left side. Sure. How hard could it be? Right? Exactly. I can't even, exactly. I can't even take off on my bike and clipless puddles and he's decided which, which direction he's going to fall. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall on the left side. I'm like, okay, I get it. She's like, you know, if you fall on the right side, you could, you could cause some real damage to your lungs. So, so don't do that. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep that in mind. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm just like figuring. And it was also my first year, and I'll tell you, you know, it's like six, six over six thousand people do one of the routes for this thing. It is absolutely insane. And in as much as it hurt, right? I always I picked that route because it's the longest, hardest route that they had, and I always felt my daughter never had a choice, so I'm not going to have a choice either. And I'm just going to go do this thing. But along the route, like people are like cheering for you. And I don't mean like, like the high fives on, on the, on the Peloton are awesome, but like actually having people standing on the side of the road who are cheering for you almost like the entire route. I mean, it's crazy. And I would see kids who were in remission or someone hold up. I, I stopped for anyone. Like for me, it was about the journey. I wasn't trying to race, you know, anybody and trying to get to the destination sooner. I'm just like, I'm going to go do this. And it's it's the most incredible thing you've ever seen. It's not just about the the riders, and it's not just about the fundraising, which is incredible. But it's there's a healing component to it. It's enabling parents and adults. It's not just pediatric cancer. It's actually only a small part of this of this whole ride. But people are reclaiming their lives, right? Cancer survivors, people who are living proof, people who have lost loved ones, who who want answers, who want cures. Like it's all in this community. And it, it's it's why I Peloton. It's 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 why my leaderboard is what it is. And, you know, the fundraising minimums, I think this year are $5,000 or something like that. So, you know, one thing is I'll just, I'll just plug, which is, you know, you can find my ride at PMC for panmasschallenge.org slash JS, my initials, 0839. And there's one other thing which I'd like to share with you, which is just a dream I've had for about three years. And I could never articulate it. And I don't know if anyone who listens is in a position to be able to help with this. But I have had a dream of a childhood cancer bike. It's a bike that captures everything that that, that families go through. You know, that is a statement bike. That is a bike that will actually help spark, you know, spark conversations that will help, I think, drive fundraising. And so I'm looking, you know, if by any small chance anyone here works at one of the, you know, one of the bike companies or, or like one of the component companies like SRAM or 
Shimano or anything like that, like I'd love to hear from you if you're if you'd be willing to, to get involved in this. I actually work at a company now that has the capacity and the capabilities internally as I talk to them to be able to help me make this thing a reality. And it's gonna be unbelievably cool. It's like my company is I just I can't even touch like begin to touch on, on what our capabilities are. But I've got, you know, I've got a fitter who can help me get, get, make sure I don't hurt myself in riding this thing. I've got engineers who are willing to contribute their talents to help figure out different, different aspects of it, of what the vision is. We've got bike manufacturer, you know, like someone locally who would maybe be willing to do it, but I don't think they can, you know, they can't donate it, but, but maybe there, there's someone there. But there's something about that. And I, I feel like it needs to represent this community. Um, it's never been done to the best of my knowledge. And there's enough of a vision for what it looks like that it could be made really, it could be made very real. Do you have like a website about that that we could share? I, I, I haven't, but what I, like people can contact me through like Facebook. You know, I'm Jonathan Swerzy on Facebook. You can contact me on LinkedIn. Um, so I'm you know, linkedin.com slash in slash jswerzy. And I'm going to start working on that. This is all like very... You know, it's finally starting to become real for what this thing could look like. There's design components that are going to go into the wheels and things with the frame and something like that needs to happen. I've sort of, God, I've wrestled with this thing for, for, it's taking me three years. First it was like, well, I want to do this, but why? And now I have the why, which is it's going to help me push the story. It's going to help me raise awareness. It's going to help me raise money that can drive research. And I also have access to the skills and talent to make it real. I just need some help from the community. Awesome. Well, hopefully someone is listening who can assist with that. Yes. And and please send us the official link for your PMC challenge as well, or, you know, the, the money that you're trying to raise so that we can put that out on our Facebook page as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be, I'd, and I'm, I'm really thankful. I want to just give a shout out to that tribe. I know, you know, I, I don't want to overemphasize any one tribe, but the Peloton Monthly Challenge tribe, like last year, you know, these guys pushed me to to put put my ride on the OPP. They put it there, and together, like I think it was like within 48 hours, I I actually had hit my minimum, and it was such a load off of my back to not have the stress like then it was just fundraising because i believed in what i was doing not worrying about hitting my number yeah it was incredible you know and i think the other thing i would just want to say like broadly so if i can say a couple of other things one is lots of people feel like there's so much there's so many needy causes i can't do all of them and you can't right and nobody should but if you're not careful you end up doing nothing and I think nothing is 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 bad. Like whatever it is, like ending up doing nothing is bad. Like I've talked, I spoke to a couple of bike shops. Like oh, we we don't do anything for anyone because we can't we can't support everybody, and so they don't make a decision. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So whatever it is, just get involved in whatever you believe in. You know, Tom. Like just as a thing, I, I I'd say to you to think about. Like I'm not going to tell you to go exercise because it's going to you know going to make you healthy or or more energetic or whatever. Right. But if you have something you believe in. Whatever that is, right? Channel it, and maybe you'll want to do something like this because it's it's so rewarding to really use that and improve yourself, but also make a difference. Okay. <laughs> now I'm so going to put a on challenge. <laughs> yeah, he gave you a challenge, Tom. You say no it's to like, it's like a challenge. Like I have challenges I want to throw down. Like one is Tom, go find what you believe in and use exercise to go solve it if you can. Um, I would love. I don't know how I would ever do it. I would love to tra- to, to challenge Wilpers to a sweat off. <laughs> um, you know, 
Like I so desperately need them to come up with a mat that has a lip on it because it's just disgusting when I get done on the thing. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just it's awful. You know, other other things, other things like that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to share with the community before we wrap things up? Oh God, there's there's just so much I, I would say. Um, I just want to thank this community for being here. You guys are. Like collectively, we're like just an extraordinary group of people. With all, take all the garbage aside. It's just, it's, it is amazing what we can do together, in the studio, in the showroom, at home, on the road. Stick together because you guys are just, just incredible, and I am so privileged to be part of this. And my wife Julie feels the same way. So thank you all. Well, thank you yes, for all you, you guys have done, and good luck to everybody and your family. And uh, we will be rooting for you on Thursday, and I hope everything goes exactly as you want it to go. Thank you so much, guys. This has been a real pleasure. It's likewise, likewise, yes. Thank you so much for taking the time to do it. Thank you very much. Take care. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye. Here's today's recipe for success. So does John have a recipe for us? He does. He has a good morning smoothie. Doesn't that sound like some kind of talk show lead in? (laughs) I was like, good morning, smoothie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he says that this works best in a Vitamix, a Vitamix, and that you should experiment with the variations of these items. But he recommends unsweetened almond milk. They make their own because... They are amazing. How do they milk all those little tiny <laughs> uh, Chia seeds, unsweetened coconut, raw baby spinach, fresh pineapple, banana, frozen mango, and ice cubes. And the instructions are blend that shit up. Okay. And then uh, serve in mason jars with stainless straws while stroking your hipster beard. Okay. So perfect for you, Tom. Yes, I am all of those things. And we should probably stop down to uh, give a little update about the interview that you just heard. Yes. Yes. Jonathan Swersey let us know that his daughter, Belle, did great during her surgery. And she is actually headed back to school later this week for half days. So congrats to Belle and the entire family. That's awesome. That's great news. It is. So I guess that brings this episode to a close. Uh, What, pray tell, do you have in store for people next week? Next week will be Bill Luby. Awesome. So uh, until then, where can people find you? They can find me at Facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. They can find me on Instagram, Twitter, on the bike, or of course the tread at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. And uh, of course, you can follow the show online at Facebook.com slash the clip out while you're there join the group and of course don't forget we're available on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast stitcher spotify all sorts of places if it's got podcast it should have us <laughs> and if it doesn't let us know because we screwed something up and by we i mean me so that's all <laughs> thanks for tuning in and until next time keep pedaling and running and running